Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So to do this properly, I'm going to need your help. Because I need you to correct me if I make a mistake. We have to start, though, with what I'm talking about, the basic thesis of what I'm talking about. And that, of course, is the realization. I mean, this may come as a shock to many people. I don't want to frighten anybody or scare anybody. But this starts from the basic. That men are not women. And I know a lot of people are are confused by this and and don't understand what's happening. This is an actual story going on right now in the world of social media. An absolute madness that can't possibly be described any other way. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. Uh, this is this is Twitter we're talking about. And there is a woman on Twitter who has been, uh, well, tossed from Twitter more than once because she says men are not women. I don't know wh- where this, this came from. I don't know how it, it, it kind of grew in, in this way. But this, I mean, listen, this is Twitter. They, they ban people for the most ridiculous of reasons. They don't even follow their own rules. Uh, there is a guy uh, by the name of uh, Jesse Kelly, a combat vet who's very popular uh, for conservatives in social media, and he got banned recently, and it was discovered that Twitter did not even follow their, their own rules in coming to this conclusion. But what a weird thing to get thrown off of, of Twitter for. This idea that men are not women. I mean, this, this, is, this is a thing. And so I've been trying to understand what about that could be seen as so offensive, so awful, so um, demeaning that someone could say this is, this is hateful. Now, you know me. I don't believe in hate speech. Uh, I, there's no such thing as hate speech. Uh, there's no such uh, uh, thing as uh, as a hate crime either. All crimes are hateful. There is no such thing as a hate crime. A crime is not worse because it's committed against somebody um, who is who is black or who is gay or, or or who is Jewish or anything else like that. So this 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 woman Megan Murphy, this happened a few weeks ago. She was suspended because she refused to call a man a woman, and it happened again. And Twitter suspended her again. They're, they're, you're, you're, you're engaged in full-on censorship for people um, not, uh, for not being able to speak their mind. There's a site called Pink News. Twitter bans misgendering and dead naming in pro-trans move. Dead naming? I never even heard of dead naming before. Here's how they uh, started. The social media company has changed its rules to ban the practices and has warned that any user who deliberately targets a trans person in these ways may face permanent suspension. 
These offensive techniques, which involve using the wrong gender to refer to a trans person or a trans person's old name. Oh, that's dead naming. Oh, and they changed their name, so that's dead naming. Okay, so if you call Caitlin Bruce, that's dead naming. Are often used on Twitter to insult and erase trans people's identities and right to exist. No, they don't. Not true. Totally false. Completely insane. You're wrong. Next. Not that you're insane for being transgender. You'd live your life. I'm not getting involved. You want to live your life as a woman and you were born as a man? You go right ahead. You be you. You know what you don't get to do? You don't get to force me to change. There is the rub. I will use any pronoun I want. Here in, uh, in my beloved Indiana, there's a group called the Indiana Youth Group, which deals with, with gay teenagers. I think 12 to 20 is, is the age group there. Uh, gay, uh, lesbian, uh, and I guess transgender kids or, or kids who are questioning. Uh, there, there's a whole serious level of psychology behind what you do regarding children like this. And the one thing you don't do is immediately say, well, here, take this, this hormone. Here, take this. Here, take that. Maybe you need a little bit of time to further figure things out. Nothing wrong with a little time. Well, the leader of that group is a woman by the name of Chris Paulson. And I have no issue with her or, or even the group. There are groups that exist for all sorts of things. But one of the things she has said on repeated occasions is that the use of a wrong pronoun will lead these children to suicide because their suicide rates are, are higher. And the answer is I can understand that or see that uh, considering the level of confusion that they're at and their own angst in their head. That I have no doubt. But if you think my use of a pronoun is leading somebody else to suicide, well, you don't get to have that argument. That's madness. Your issues, your lifestyle, your desires, your um, uh, choices are not allowed to have impact upon me. You do not get to decide what I say or how I say it. You can decide whether you talk to me or not. You can decide whether you listen to me or not. You can decide whether you're my friend. Uh, all those things. But you do not get to decide my language for me. And you do not get to decide to say. And you are not allowed to say. And I, oh, I rail on this subject here. Because it is necessary that my use of language is going to lead somebody else to suicide. My acceptance of your pronoun is inconsequential to you choosing to live your life your way. I don't think you should be beat up, but you don't get to tell me how to talk. And if you think that that talking is going to lead somebody to suicide, I'm sorry, you don't understand, I think, the basic groundwork. That depression is real and ugly and awful and terrible. And as a guy who's been through it, I speak from that experience. And being suicidal was awful. My 20s were a mess. I lost an entire decade through these varying levels of depression I didn't even know I had. Man, I wish I had gone about figuring out what was wrong with me earlier. I would have been... I. I'm, I hope I would have been better off. And being suicidal is one of the strangest and ugliest, peculiar feelings one can imagine. How can I leave the body so my wife doesn't find me? 
the hours I spent pondering that question from my two-bedroom, one-bath, second-story apartment in Bradley Beach, New Jersey. I had a job. I, 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 I didn't even have a job. I, I, I literally stared at a computer for months at a time pretending I was working. I had no idea. I couldn't tell you what happened with the time. I couldn't tell you anything. It was awful. Miserable. And when I figured out that I was depressed, I, 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 I say this clearly, I didn't even go about it the right way to kind of correct. It took years. It really did. It really and truly did. And I'm sorry it took that long because I must have been a huge pain in the ass to everybody around me. I mean, just awful. And there are some people that I, I don't know if I would, I, I mean, I would look him in the eye today because I'm very positive on who I am today, but. I wasn't. I didn't like who I was then. They shouldn't have liked me either. But in order to find happiness and to find my way out of that depression wasn't about the other person and what they may have said about me. It was about me and what I said about myself and how I went about things. So to say that misnaming somebody is, is offensive and will lead to, to suicide, stop it. It's a disgusting, awful thing to say. My choices are mine. And people will call you names in this life. You don't get to throw them in jail for it. You know what the craziest part is? Going back to how this started, saying men are not women is not even name calling. It is fact. Men are not women. It's a fact. It is science. And what we're dealing with here are science deniers. Now, the, the most interesting part, I think, is that this, this woman, Megan Murphy, who said this and has, who's now been banned on, 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 on Twitter, um, uh, she describes herself as a feminist. Here's my question. If men are women, right? If you say men are not women, you get banned from Twitter. Follow me on this. Answer the question if you can. If Twitter now bans you for this because they believe men are women and there's group like sites like Pink News and others that believe men are women, if that's the case, that men are women, what is the point of feminism? I would love an answer to that question. If feminism is about the strength of women and creating equality between women and men, but already women are men or men are women or however that works. What is the point of feminism? There seems to be a lot of madness in the world. And a lot of people engaging a lot of wordplay to try and stop other people from speaking what's on their mind. Me calling he, she, or she, he is not as offensive as Twitter banning Megan Murphy from speaking her mind. That's far more offensive. And straight people and gay people and someone who may be transgendered should all be speaking out against that. If you are in favor of censorship... You cannot be in favor of freedom. It's an impossibility. Those are mutually exclusive things the twain doth never meet. So if you favor this like Pink News does, you're not in favor of free speech and free thought. And your society sucks. I will be no part of it. I will use the pronouns I choose. 
And I hope that people out there who are easily offended find their own way to happiness and quickly. By the way, don't ever not get help. Don't ever say to yourself, I shouldn't get help. Suicide hotline number is 1-800-273-8255. 800-273-8255. I never called. Maybe you should. I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, 833-GOT-TONY-833-468-8669. We stream the show uh, this hour on Facebook, facebook.com slash Tony Katz Radio. You should go uh, check it out and people leaving uh, comments there. Uh, this is the first time uh, someone's actually they've listened to the show for years. First time uh, someone has uh, has been able uh, to, to, to see the show. And according to some people, we had a hot mic. I don't even know that's possible. They say we did. I, the people are saying that I was chatting and chit-chatting and jibber-jabbering. Good thing I didn't curse. Good thing I didn't I didn't get into the uh into, you know, any kind of nasty nasty talk. Wow. Look at that. Look at that uh right there. Um there's someone uh putting out on Twitter, you know, uh thank you for being so honest about Depression today on your show. I, I've never understood why I wouldn't be, and I never understood. Um, here, here's the ultimate reality about it. Uh, just, just in case you know, when I look back, so this was, so this was 20 years ago. Uh, when I look back, I think there's a question that I could ask myself, and if I were to talk to a professional, I'm curious to what they would say about whether or not I was ever actually suicidal. Right. Um, there, I, there's no doubt that I, I was depressed. I, I didn't take any meds for it. I, I, I once, I think I took for three days. I took St. John's Wort. I don't know. I was, I was, I was a crunchy granola hippie. I have no idea. I, I can't tell you if it helped or not. I, I don't remember. Um, there might have been another diagnosis for it. Maybe I weren't suicidal. This, you were, you were this or you were that. I, I, I don't know. But I'm telling you, I used to. The, the contemplation was there, but and it was there often. But what I never said is, well, why didn't I just drive my car into a tree? Like, I never did that. It was always something a little more elaborate. And so I wonder, compared to how other people have gone through this, whether or not it, it fits or maybe it's something else. So so I never have given myself any – I don't self-diagnose, and I, and I, I would never – uh, say that somebody who was a pro might have a different diagnosis for what I was going through at the time, right? So I, I never, I never want to lie about it. But yeah, I, 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 I appreciate that that people are like, you know, you know, thank you for being so honest uh, about it. Yeah, uh, yeah, be, being being honest about it. It's, it, I think, I think it's the only way uh, to be. I, I, I really and truly do. It's, it's, it's so awful. Depression is so ridiculously awful. You know, you, you, you'll hear people talk about it. It's, it's like this cloud. It's like this fog. Hell yes. It is so this ridiculous fog that is kind of around you. And literally, you don't, you don't see anything straight. 
Nothing makes sense. You can't eat. You can't think. It's awful. Go get help. Go uh, get help. Let me get into some uh, stories here. GM uh, discussing uh, a cut in production. Uh, they're going to reduce its salaried workforce by 15%, which is big, kids. A restructuring that's going to cost up to uh, $3.8 billion. Plants in Ohio, Michigan, Maryland, and Ontario, Canada will be unallocated and cease operations at two additional plants outside of North America. Part of this um, is n- not to the idea of a cool-down in the economy. Now, I believe that a cool-down is coming. Um, and, and I again, I never talk, you know, I never give stock advice or anything like that. I, I, I'm not about to now. Um, but if you talk to some of the people who are in the know at GM, and, and to be in the know is not always about being a, a, a suit. You talk to the guys on the plant floor. <laughs> they, they know things. Um, and you talk to, like, for example, let me give you a great example. And I heard this because last, last week, week before, I was at, uh, I'm, I'm proudly sponsored by Lincoln on my morning show, uh, Tom Roush Lincoln. Uh, sponsored uh, by them. I'm actually driving a Lincoln Continental right now. Hey, have you seen it? It is so freaking sweet. Yeah, so so basically here's what's going on. Like like for the next month, like I go back on Thursday and then I'm going to drive something else for a week. I'm going to go through the lineup of all the cars. This is, this is really happening. Your, your, your jealousy, uh, Ari, makes it so much better. I can't even talk. Uh, and then, and then uh, we're going to get into 2019 and we'll figure out what, what, what I'm driving. It's so that what... That is a brand that was, was you know, as well as I do, was totally one of those on the brink, who's buying Lincoln, that's for your grandmother brand, and they turned it all around. And is there any doubt that McConaughey saved that company? That ad campaign with McConaughey did the thing. But the other side of it is what they're building, have, it's unbelievable, so cool. However, this was a conversation that I was, I was having with them the car is going the way of the dodo bird. People want crossovers. They want the space. It's basically the same amount of money. They're willing to spend it. The car is going away. Ford is getting rid of cars, which means the fusion and all the other things that they've done. Remember, this is a company that made its its bones and cars on the Taurus. And then the truck, it was the F-150. Could But could anything be more... Uh, 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 popular than the F-150 and the Ford Explorer? Well, if you want the luxury on, on some of those things, it's the Navigator and it's the Nautilus, which is the, the rename of, of, of the MKX. It's gorgeous, right? And you take a look at others uh, manufacturers out there. Take a look at what Buick is doing. They might keep some things like the the uh, the Cascada, uh, which is their um, uh, convertible. But it's the Enclave and it's the Encore and it's, and it's that whole branding of, of things, which is in that SUV world. Not even necessarily the minivan world. If you're not entrenched in minivans by now, it's over. You're not getting into the minivan world. It's not happening. But even that is kind of morphing into that crossover kind of phase. So the, the car world becoming less um, pervasive means that some of these plants are no longer necessary. Some plants might change, but it's, I assume it's an outrageous amount of money to retool a plant, 
right? Because when you picture the dyes that you need to create, you know, to stamp the metal and everything else, well, that's, I don't think that's just so easy to switch out. You're talking about unbelievable weight, and you're talking about uh, c- computer systems, et cetera. It, it takes time and it takes money. So there's this massive change going on within the entire uh, auto manufacturing world. Here's uh, the, the GM and CEO, or, or I should say the chairman and CEO of GM, Mary Barra, who said, the actions we're taking today continue our transformation to be a highly agile, resilient, and profitable while giving us the flexibility to invest in the future. We recognize the need to stay in front of changing market conditions and customer preferences to position our company for its long-term success. Yeah, cars. You know, you take a look at those plants, like in Ohio. Are, are, are they making the Chevy Silverado or are they making the Chevy Cruze? Eh, there, from there is could be a very, uh, two different things. People want the, the Chevy Silverado. Nobody wants the Chevy Cruze. They, they, they just don't want any, any part of it. So this change from GM, I think, is going to get a lot of play. And I, you know, you already know there are things from Ford and other things going. By the way, shares rose 4% this morning on the news. I think it's going to be played by some people who have never taken an in-depth look at this and say, ah, oh, you see, ah, oh, Trump, here's Trump's economy. Ah, cars were booming under Obama. Now look, markets change and you got to change with them. You know who knows that? Sears and Toys R Us. <laughs> right? Things change. You got to change with it. These guys are changing with it, and they're not wrong. And by the way, have you driven some of the trucks today? Super comfortable. Super comfortable. You know what's super comfortable? My Lincoln Continental. It's so nice, dude. It is so nice. And the, now they're keeping it for 2019. Suicide doors, from what I hear. You don't even know what a suicide door is, Ari, do you? Millennials. I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. A petition you might sign. It could be fun. This could be fun. There is a petition. Um, It's got uh, 40,000 signatures on it right now. Where, where, where is that? Um. It needs 59,189 signatures by December 17th to get a response from the White House. So far, it has 40,811. Um, this is give Alex Jones press credentials and sit him next to Jim Acosta. <laughs> Alex Jones, First Amendment rights are being violated every day. He does not have White House press credentials. This is America. Let Alex Jones have press credentials and a permanent seat next to Jim Acosta. That is fantastic. Now, you understand that that I am not a believer that Jim Acosta has to be in the press briefing room in order for there to be any level of free speech. That's uh, that's just nonsense, right? It's it's silly. It's ridiculous, and and to to believe that would be um, well. Uh, Diluted. 
That doesn't mean that I necessarily want Alex Jones in there as well. All right? I'm the, I am no uh, fan of uh, uh, Alex Jones in any way, shape, or form. I don't think he should be kicked off social media. I don't think he should be silenced. The guy is totally free to uh, talk any crazy jibber-jabber he wants. Go, go ahead. Live your life. Live your life. But if we're going to make the argument that that Acosta, oh, he's central to, 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 to freedom of, uh, of the press, you, you can make the argument. You can make the argument that, uh, that so is Alex Jones. Who is CNN to decide that only their people are uh, are important? They don't get to 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 make that claim. They don't get to to just put that out there as the only people. I, if Alex Jones goes to the press briefing room, I'll be like, heh, heh, that's funny, and then I'm gonna not watch the press briefing as normal. Students giving the Nazi salute in Wisconsin protected by free speech. Speaking of free speech. Um, and I will tell you, I hate this photo so much, not only for the fact that they did it, but for the fact that it's totally a setup, and you know it's a setup from the minute you say it. There's a group of high schoolers. The group of high schoolers in Wisconsin, and a majority of them are giving a Nazi salute. Not every student. Not every student. A bunch of them. And you're like, what in the world is this? And they're all laughing. And they're all just just laughing it up. And you clearly can can tell that whatever this photographer or whoever this photographer is, um, someone tried to, to say, hey, you know it would be funny? It would be funny if you did this. Peter Gust is the photographer, said the image was taken out of context, and he told the boys to wave goodbye before heading off to their prom. No one's believing that either, Peter. Someone said, hey, give a Nazi salute. And they were like, oh, that'd be so funny. And then they bunch of them did it, and they're laughing. And some guys are like, wait, what? And then a couple guys are like, I ain't doing that. That's insane. Well, the image, which got condemned, and rightfully so, um, it has been, uh, has been shown to be a free speech conversation. You can't discipline the students because of it. Yeah, these students are screwed. Because of it. This is going to come up everywhere they are. This is going to haunt them and follow them everywhere they go. A group of 17-year-old schmucks who are not Nazis. Who are not Nazis. By the way, this is what happened. You heard me talking about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez earlier talking about the border and comparing uh, those uh, in the caravan uh, to Jews uh, fleeing Germany. I mean, she's really disgusting. But it's using the Holocaust as a prop. Every time that happens, you diminish the Holocaust, you diminish Nazis, which were socialists, we should remember, not the fascists, socialists. The difference is, is nominal. I think, it's the, I think it's the color of the uniform, to be honest. That all these socialists we voted for, that's that's the Nazis. These aren't Nazis. These are fools. And we've diminished what it is so they think it's okay to joke about and laugh about. 
And don't don't just blame them. If, if, if we want to talk about it from the top, let's talk about all those politicos who took a look at the border and tried to make nonsense comparisons uh, to, to the Holocaust and to Hitler. Because it was it was a good a good crutch. Oh, they're never so happy as when they uh, uh, have a have have a good crutch, a good attack vehicle. But yeah, you're allowed to give a picture of yourself giving a Nazi salute. Yes, it is indeed free speech. You understand that speech is not for the things that you love. Spe- uh, speech is about the things that you hate. Well, I should say free speech, the defense of free speech. If you're serious about defending free speech. You have to defend the speech that you hate. It can't just be about the things you're okay with. It doesn't make any sense. doesn't make any sense at all. Here are uh, one more thing that doesn't make sense. John Kasich seriously considering challenging President Trump in the 2020 primary. Come again? In English, please. I I said that John Kasich, you know, his father was a mailman, is considering... Running against Donald Trump in 2020. What, what, what? Look, I don't have to say it uh, again, you know. Um, I'm just saying that uh, uh, John Kasich thinks that he can, and uh, he thinks he can run for president. You're terrible. You're all terrible. I don't know who he thinks he's kidding. I I do not know. You know, my problem is that I would love to run for office. I don't know if I would enjoy being in office. Running? Oh, you no. You love running. You would hate, hate being in office. Right. But how much would I love the running? Oh, on? you'd be Trump. You'd be all, you would be the entertainer that everyone loves. I would adore the running and the debate and the conversation and the meeting people. I'd love every single minute of it. But I guess it would depend on what I'm running for. I don't know if I would enjoy being a congressman. The idea of running every two years is not mine. Not mine. A senator? Well, that's different. That is uh, different because I think that personality-wise, I I would see myself less of a legislator. So let's go to to governor. It'd be interesting. Governor would be fun. You know, you can actually affect things, and it's you can actually do it. There's definitely spotlight, but it's not this searing. Let's try and kill him spotlight. Yeah, I I mean, I could see that president. Oh. Just for a week. Just for a week. But it's the running that I would adore. Be the talking, be the sharing of ideas. And then, of course, the winning, because there's no doubt I'm going to win. Who, who am I not going to trounce? Who am I not going to kick the good holy ass of? What are, we, what are we talking about here? I don't know if I would enjoy the doing. And I think that first it, it would be on, I think I'd, I'd be better in, 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 in the executive role. I think I would, I, I feel that way at least, than the legislative role. Right? Like, uh, come to me with the, with the ideas and the advice, and let me make a decision. I want to make a decision, right? That's that's different than the role of a, of a legislator. That definitely, definitely different. I just don't know if I could if I could. I don't know how much I would enjoy the actual doing. I, I'd have to look into that. But that Kasich considers somehow, um, like, position to do this, telling Stephanopoulos we need different leadership. There isn't any question about it. And I'm not only just worried about the tone and the name-calling and the division in our country and the partisanship, but I also worry about the policies, the rising debt, the problem, the problem and inability to deal with immigration, the problem that we have as America alone in the world. You know, this is what I consider a rotten deal with the Saudis to look the other way. 
I mean, there are these things that, George, I'm worried about our country and not just in the short, short term, but I'm worried about them in the long term. So the question for me is, what do I do about this? All right. All right. You look at it and say, what, what could I do about this? I look at a lot of things and say, what can I do about this? A- absolutely true. So you might say to yourself, you know what I could do is I, 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 I could, I could, what I could do about this is I could, I could do something. I could, I could run. Um, uh, I could, uh, you know, I could, I could, I could try and, and be uh, that, that, that better, uh, that better president for everybody. You know what you can't do though? Win. There is not a state you will win a primary in, John Kasich. Not a state. And this isn't a question of whether or not you're a better man uh, than, than Donald Trump. This is a question of whether or not people think you're a good man at all. You don't have a record in Ohio that makes people feel good. Medicaid expansion, Medicare expansion, my goodness. You don't have what could be considered a backbone on conservative principles. Now, if you tell me, hey, Trump's not a conservative, of course he's not a conservative. I'll absolutely agree with that. I've been saying so now for over two years. But if you take a look at the way things have been governed, better than Kasich. He's not a conservative. Of course not. Uh, If you take a look at the decisions that have been made, the policies enacted, enacted, Trump is far more of a conservative than John Kasich ever could be. And that John Kasich thinks that he can bring the two sides of the aisle together. How do you bring together people who hate you? How do you do that? How do you bring people together uh, like uh, the Democrats on guns when they actually believe in gun confiscation? They believe in gun confiscation. How do you bring people together? who take a look at this caravan and decide uh, that Trump is the evil who rips babies out of uh, a mother's arms when the Obama administration did the exact same thing because that was the policy, and they still say nothing about it. Doesn't John Kasich know that for far too much of the uh, popular and political uh, progressive left, it's not that they want power. They want to destroy you. Once you defeat Donald Trump in a primary, John Kasich, they'll all say, okay, now he's a, he's a racist, he's a bigot. They're going to compare you to Hitler, John. I'm sorry, Governor. Do you not think that they will? Do they not, well, listen, better than Trump, but he's, st- he's still too extreme to be president of the United States. Crazy uh, Republican. And, and you know, uh, 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 we, we hear he's a racist. You don't think that's coming? Does John Kasich really think he's immune to that? Narrator. John Kasich was not immune to that. I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. Let me see if I can uh, play this. This is Nicole Wallace um, speaking about President Trump, who's going to be talking about immigration. Is he, is he on? It's going to be on, unfortunately, after we're 
already off of the air. 833-GOT-TONY is the number. Let me see if I can play this for you. Um, I want you to hear how they've decided to carry and cover President Trump's words. Let me see. Trump is making remarks in the Roosevelt Room this hour, five days before the midterm elections, and a day after Oh, no, this is old. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought this was something new. I'm sorry. You always got to check the date. I, I just came across, I'm like, is he talking about immigration? And we were checking the TV like, he's not even on. What are we talking about? Uh, but it was interesting because the it was pointing out um, that they weren't going to air his immigration remarks live because, quote, he's used immigration in blatantly political ways and in an abundance of caution, we've decided to monitor those remarks, fact check them, and bring you the important news from them. Now, I responded, too bad no one fact checked. If you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor, period. It would have been great. If someone had fact-checked this, what's interesting about this, you know, just playing now, is that when we take a look at what the president has said about immigration, if you want to argue that he's used it in blatantly political ways, you certainly can. The caravan, they have charged at uh, Mexican riot police twice, once at the border between Guatemala and Mexico and once at the border between Mexico and the United States. They tried to rush the border at the uh, entry spot at San Ysidro in California. It got shut down yesterday, north and southbound. No one was allowed to enter. No one was allowed to leave. Uh, pedestrian traffic uh, started back up about four hours later. Uh, traffic to vehicles about five and a half hours uh, later. So that is open now. But at, what did the president say that was uh, blatantly political as opposed to very factual? Oh, he called it an invasion, Tony. He called it an invasion. Okay. If it's not an invasion, what is it? I've asked this question as well. If I have grown men rushing through uh, cops, attacking them with rocks, and trying to get into the United States, if it's not an invasion, what is it? I'm just asking. I am just asking. I, I, I just want an answer. A simple, basic answer would be great and terrific. Can't get that. Can't get that from these people who are so desperate for everything to be political. They can't just admit that there is an issue at play. They just can't bring themselves to do it. Now, is there another caravan coming? I, they say yes. I'll wait to see how that kind of develops and see if it gets any any uh, coverage. Right? Uh, Democrats right now going at President Trump because uh, people got pepper sprayed. They were they were charging the border, so they got they got pepper sprayed. Yeah. Yeah, they did. And you know what happened in 2013? Border Patrol agents used pepper spray to fend off a group of approximately 100 migrants who attempted to rush the same San Ysidro point of entry. This is why people hate the media. You want it to be so anti-Trump all the time that you won't even take a look at what the history has taught you. Trump didn't steal children from, from their mothers. The policy does. Really, the, the mothers do who come illegally. They're the ones who are ultimately responsible. The country is fine and is right and is proper to engage a border. To have a border, to protect a border. San Diego Union-Tribune article said at the time, 2013, agents fired pepper balls and used, quote, 
other intermediate use of force devices to repel the crowd. Uh, Representative Maloney saying, let me repeat myself in case you didn't hear or read the U.S. legal code, uh, Donald Trump. Seeking asylum is legal. Yet instead of greeting them with understanding, you deploy tear gas. Shameful and disgusting. Not as disgusting as your as your politics. This is horrendous, says Kirsten Gillibrand, the senator from New York. We must hold those accountable responsible. Those responsible accountable. Sorry. Uh, okay. Uh, exactly how far back in history should we go? Children uh, looking to approach our country, looking for asylum, should be welcomed with open arms, not with tear gas. No words for for Barack Obama. It's wrong to gas women and children and the elderly, says Ben Rhodes, who is the former uh, Obama advisor. My gosh. Ben Rhodes was part of the administration. And now he's lecturing about the thing that was done by his administration. Damn. Pathetic. Anyway, much more to get into uh, tomorrow. Uh, the podcast, TonyCats.com.